This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. Mark chapter 4 verse 35 says this, And the same day when evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm, not just a storm, a great storm of wind. And the waves beat unto the ship, so it was was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, said, Master, carest not that we perish. And he arose, he rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea (laughs) obey him? Oh, folks, that's good. What manner of man, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea, they obey him. Amen. Let us pray. God, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I pray that you will hide us in the cross. It was said of Gideon that he was clothed in the Spirit. God, would you clothe me today? Would you clothe me today that I might proclaim the unsearchable riches of Christ? And for all you do, we're going to praise you. For I pray this prayer with a grateful heart. For I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I ran across this. It was entitled, Weathering the Storm. Weathering the Storm. A man was traveling out of the country for work. And he received a text from his neighbor regarding the terrible weather in the United States. He lived in Boston and There in Boston, they were experiencing a horrible snowstorm. His neighbor reported, you better be glad you're not here. He said the temperature for several days, for a couple days now, has been below zero. And the winds are 60 miles per hour. We're totally isolated in this storm. My mother-in-law hasn't done anything but look through the kitchen window for two days. The man said, oh my goodness, that sounds terrible. The neighbor replied, I know, if it carries on like this much longer, I'll have no other option than to let my mother-in-law in. (laughs) Well, that mother-in-law was in a storm, amen? Here's what I know, folks, you're either in a storm You just got out of a storm, or you're going to be going into a storm. Because storms are a part of life. I've pastored here all these years, and it's always been storms. It's always been some difficulties. It's always been some 
hurts and habits and hang-ups and there's always been some storms I remember being here I'd been here about a year early one morning the phone rang and it was my sister she said Benny you need to come home I said why Rhonda I need to come home she said it's your it's our stepfather one of the finest men I ever met the man Don Mason who paid my way through Bible college she said Don this morning we had to call the paramedics his eyes are rolled back in his head Benny I truly believe he's had a heart attack I truly believe he's dead you need to come home mama's gonna need you I get home and I walk in and after just a few minutes my mother says to me she said Benny you know about my life you know about the relationships that I've had and she said I want to ask you something why the only good relationship I ever had the only good man, the only good life that I've ever experienced, I experienced with this man. Why did God take him? Why? Being in the ministry for decades now, I've heard a lot of whys. Why was I abused? Why was I physically? Why was I emotionally, Pastor? Why was I sexually abused? Pastor, why did my mate walk out? Pastor, why did I get diagnosed with cancer? Why can't I have children? When seemingly people have children but don't even want to care for their children, why won't God allow me to have a child? Why did my child die? Pastor, why did my child walk in? I raised my child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Why did my child walk in one day and say, Mom, Dad, I'm gay? Why did my child turn out an addict? Why? And folks, I'll be honest with you. We don't have the answer to all the whys. I'll be frank with you, I don't think we have the answer to any of the whys. Because we don't live our lives based on explanations. We live our lives based on the promises of God. We live our lives, we can't always explain, but we live our lives based on the promises of God. Now here's what I want you to see. The disciples got in a storm. They got in a storm. And there's some things that we learn from their storm. And there's some things that we always need to remember, folks. You say, Pastor, I don't need this message today. Well, I'll promise you, you, I will promise you this. You will need this message. You may not need what I'm preaching today, but I promise you the time's going to come in your life that you'll say, I'd sure like to hear that message where Pastor talked about things to remember in the storm. Now, there's some things I want you to see. First of all, I want you to see the story setting. Where did this take place? Well, it took place on the Sea of Galilee. And if you've never been to the Sea of Galilee, it's one of the most beautiful sites in the world. It's seven miles wide. It's 13 miles long. It's 200 feet deep at the deepest point. It's the Sea of Galilee is literally 680 feet below sea level. It's a beautiful, beautiful setting. When I take groups to Israel, when I take groups to Israel, we usually spend the first night on the Sea of Galilee. And literally, you go to the Sea of Galilee and you walk out in your hotel on your balcony and you look out there and you see this beautiful body of water. And as I walk out there that morning, I know in just a little while, I'll be taking the people out on a boat. We'll be going out on a boat on the Sea of Galilee and we'll be singing the songs. We'll be, we'll be singing the songs that he's the master of the wind. 
We'll be singing those songs, and I'll be preaching about when Jesus walked on the water. I'll be preaching about when Jesus stilled the storm right here on this Sea of Galilee. Let me explain something to you, folks. Many times when you think of Israel, you think of Bethlehem, you think of Jerusalem, but I want you to know Jesus spent three-fourths of his ministry around the Sea of Galilee. The headquarters of his ministry was Capernaum. So if you want to go where Jesus went, you go to the Sea of Galilee. I want you to see the story setting, but I want you to see something else. I want you to see the sudden storm because when you go to the Sea of Galilee, you will immediately notice that that body of water is surrounded by mountains. And in light of the fact, ladies and gentlemen, that it's surrounded by mountains, a storm can happen very quickly because there's no prior warning because it's surrounded by mountains. Here's what I want you to see. Proverbs 27 and 1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day shall bring forth. Did you catch that? Thou knowest not what a day shall bring forth. I want you to know something. One day can change your life. One conversation can change your life. One phone call can change your life. One moment can change your life. You say, well, everything's going good, but a storm can happen quickly. Cancer can happen quickly. An affair can happen quickly. Death can happen quickly. Abandonment can happen quickly. One conversation can change everything. See, there are four types of storms. First of all, there's the storm of disobedience. The storm of disobedience. See, God told Jonah to do something. He said, you go to Nineveh. And Jonah went to Tarshish. And here's what happened, ladies and gentlemen. He got in a storm. You always remember this. When you disobey God, you're going to get in a storm. When you disobey God, when you disobey the principles of God, I will promise you a storm is coming to your life. It always happens. It happens because of disobedience. Somebody said, I broke God's law. No, no, no. You didn't break the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments will break you. Because when you disobey God, you're going to be in a storm. There's storms of disobedience. But then there are storms of discipline. There are storms of discipline. Look what the Scripture says in Hebrews 12 and 8. But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you a bastard, not a son. Now look, the only child I ever disciplined, pastor, have you disciplined a lot of children? No. Now I want to hasten to say, there's been a lot of them I wanted to discipline. <laughs> they, there's been a lot of them I wanted to discipline, discipline, and I was wondering why their mother and father didn't. Only one did I discipline. It was mine. And this is what I know about God. The only children he disciplines are his children. But if you're a child of God, you're going to experience some discipline. Because you're his child. And whom he loveth, he chasteneth. Amen? And then there are storms of demonic origination. 
1 Peter 5 and 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, he walks about seeking whom he may devour. You say, Pastor Benny, our marriage is so wonderful. Well, understand something. The enemy wants to destroy it. The enemy wants to destroy your life. You say, but Brother Benny, no, no, no. The enemy will lie in the weeds 40 years to trap one of God's servants. You say, well, I'm doing good. No, no, you hear me closely. The enemy does not mind waiting. The enemy does not mind. He'll lie in the weeds 40 years to trap one of God's servants. You say, Pastor Benny, we've been married 25 years. It doesn't matter. The enemy still wants to destroy your home. We have an enemy, ladies and gentlemen. Disobedience. Discipline. Demonic origination. And then lastly, design. Design. Pastor, uh, uh, talk to us about that. Look here, folks. Look, get this closely. Jesus told them, get in the boat. Do you think they were in the will of God? It's not a trick question. He told them to get in the boat. They were in the will of God. Get this. Sometimes you can be in the will of God and be having a storm. Sometimes you can do everything you know to do to please Jesus. You're trying your best to live for him, but yet you're in a storm. See, I want you to see the setting. I want you to see the sudden storm but I want you to see the sleeping Savior. The sleeping Savior. You know what's interesting, folks? It's in verse 38. Only one time in the entire Word of God does the Bible say Jesus slept. Man, he had great work to do. And the one time he tried to get some rest, they woke him up. Amen? Now, here's what's amazing. I thought about this. Did you ever feel like you were in a storm, but apparently Jesus is sleeping? I'm in a storm, Pastor Benny. I'm in a storm, but I'm getting no help. I'm doing everything I can do, but apparently Jesus is sleeping. Nothing's happening. There's something, there's things in my life, folks, that I've been struggling with, working with, but, and sometimes it seems like Jesus is, is sleeping. But this is what I've realized. When I was in school, the teacher would give me a lesson, and then I'd have a test. But in life, we have a test that teaches us a lesson. And I also learned when I was in school, every time we had a test, the teacher was always silent. And sometimes in the Christian walk, when you're going through a test, the teacher will be silent. The teacher will be silent because God wants us to trust him. I see the setting. I see the storm. I see the Savior. 
But then I see the scared sailors. The scared sailors. Verse 38. The scared sailors said, Don't you care? Don't you care? I thought that's just like the enemy. You'll be going through a tough time and the enemy will whisper into your ear. If God cared, you wouldn't be going through this. If God really loved you, why are you dealing with this? If God loved you, why are you so sick? If God loved you, why are you having to deal with this in your marriage? Don't tell me the enemy won't whisper in your ear. If he's so wonderful like preacher many preaches about, why are you going through what you're going through? If he's so wonderful, why did your husband walk out? God doesn't care about you. That church doesn't care about you. Nobody cares about you. That's when the enemy's whispering in our ear. But there's a fifth thing I want you to see. I want you to see the steeled storm. It's in verse 39. The steeled storm. And he arose and he rebuked the wind. Nobody but Jesus. And said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased. Oh, Jesus. And there was a great calm. And there was a, there was a great calm. Now, listen, I, I, I didn't get this in your sermon outline, but I believe it's pretty good. If you're writing, you might want to write down what I'm going to say to you right now. I, I, I wrote it down. Don't wait until your boat is full of water to pray. See, the, the, the boat got full of water. And then they started praying. You said, well, our marriage is not good. We, 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 we got to seek God. No, 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 no. While your marriage is real, real good, let's seek God. Amen. Oh, uh, uh, things are not going good in my life. I, we got to get in church together, honey. Oh, no, 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 no. While things are going real, real good, get in church together. Oh, Brother Benny, we've got a financial situation. We need to start maybe giving to other people. We need to start giving to the church. No, no, no. While things are good, give to other people. Don't wait till your boat's full of water to start praying. The second thing I want you to see is I just pulled this out. Prayer gets God's attention. Wait. They're in the boat. By the way, look up real close. I doubt me being through by 12. You say, well, I, I was planning. Well, you might as well go ahead and leave because I just don't think it's going to happen today. Now, 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 get this. A major. You say, well, it's, it's 1145 if you're on medication. Look here, look here. Get this. 
The, the waves are beating up against the boat. The thunder's thundering. The lightning's lightning. I mean, the rain is coming down. And Jesus is sleeping. Waves roar. Jesus snores. I'm a poet and didn't know it. Amen. I mean, listen, the waves roar and Jesus snores. None of that gets his attention. Sleep through it. But one of his children says, one of his children said, Master. And the Bible says he awoke. When nothing else got his attention. When one of his children said, Master, that got his attention. I, want, I just stopped by to tell you, if nothing else gets, if you say nothing gets his attention, oh yeah, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I just want you to know that Jesus is the answer for every storm. Now get this, the Bible says in verse 39, it says, and he arose and he rebuked the wind. What does that mean, ladies and gentlemen? It means he just reached out and muzzled the wind. He just reached out and he just muzzled the wind. And the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Now wait. You've been in a storm, and the wind would cease. You've been in Florida. You've been on the beach, and there'd be a storm, and the wind would cease. But the water would be turbulent. It'd be turbulent. It'd be turbulent for eight to ten hours. But let me tell you something. When Jesus rebukes the storm, the wind seethes, and the water is immediately calm. The water is immediately calm. Oh, folks, let me, you say, Pastor, you don't understand. Oh, now, yes, I do understand. I don't know what you're going through, but he can give you a calmness that's immediate, folks. He can give you a calmness that's immediate because sometimes he calms the raging sea, but sometimes he lets the sea rage and he calms me. Amen? Now, wait. Pastor, I'm in a storm. What's the answer? Look what verse 40 says. And he said unto them, why are you fearful? You have no faith. The answer for all the fear is faith. The answer for all the fear is faith. Well, pastor, then if faith is the answer, how do I get faith? Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. <laughs> D.L. Moody said, quit praying and asking God to give you faith. Pick up your Bible and read your Bible and God will give you faith. So ladies and gentlemen, you say, Pastor, I, I, I'm in a storm. I've got all kind of fear. What's the answer? You've got to get in the word of God. Because the principles you live by will determine the world that you live in. Now let me give you some observations. Observation number one is God's word assures us of a safe landing. 
God's word assures us of a safe landing. Look what he said in verse 35. In verse 35, he said, we're going to the other side. And folks, if Jesus said we're going to the other side, guess what? They were going to the other side. He said, we're going to the other side. God never promised us, as I say, a smooth flight. But he did promise us a safe landing. I, I heard about a man who went to his doctor and he, he had a little Yorkie and he was, uh, he was so close to that little Yorkie. He took that Yorkie with him and they said, sir, as we always tell you, that Yorkie's got to wait in the waiting room. He can't go into the doctor's office with you. And so he said, well, I'll leave the Yorkie out here. The man goes in and the doctor says, well, your situation, of course, like I told you last time, it's terminal. Your prognosis really hadn't changed. You're dying. And he said, doc, I got to be honest with you. He said, uh, I'm scared about what lies on the other side. I'm scared. And about that time, he could hear the scratching on the door. And he said to the doctor, he said, Doc, I'm sorry, but that's my dog. He said, let him in. He said, I can let him in? He said, let him in. And he came in and jumped up in his owner's arms, and he just started holding, his, hold, holding the dog. And the doc said, I want to ask you something. Has he ever been in this room before? He said, no. But he heard my voice. And he knew I was in this room. And because I was in this room, he wanted to be in this room. I don't have all the answers on what's on the other side. <laughs> but I do know this. He's in the room. <laughs> And 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doeth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. God's word assures us of a safe landing. Let me tell you something. God's word alerts us to some stormy seas. <laughs> it's going to be some difficult days. going to be some difficult days. Somebody said, well, pastor, I was told if you just come to know Christ, it's all wonderful. Well, you was just told wrong. <laughs> now, somebody said, oh, if you just come to know Christ, it's going to be cash. and <laughs> it, 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 It's just going to be caviar. It's going to be Cadillacs. That's just not true, ladies and gentlemen. Because Matthew 5 and 45 says this. He sends the rain on the just and the unjust. And all I'm going to say is this. If the disciples got into a storm, those men who walked and talked with Jesus got into a storm, you're going to get in some storms too. You say, well, old Pastor Benny, we just, uh, our marriage was ideal. I know it was. But after a little while, you had an ordeal. Amen? Oh, that little, that little baby, she's just a little angel. Yes. She just got, you know, she just a, she's just a, just a little angel. No, there's a little devil in that child. <laughs> yeah, she's got that Adamic nature. She'll pitch fits and she'll cry and she'll say, mine. Yeah. 
She gets that from her mother. <laughs> God's word alerts us that they're going to be some stormy seas. Let me tell you the third thing. God's word announces that the Savior's on board. God's word announces that the Savior's on board. Now, let's, 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 let's do this in, in the theater of our minds. The water's beating up against the boat. It's beating, it's beating. The thunder's thundering, the lightning, it's just, I mean, you know, it's just a storm of all storms. It's a major. Now, look, not only is it beating up against the boat, the, the, the boat is full of water. You can imagine if the boat's full of water, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize the boat is sinking. I mean, the 12 disciples, seven of them professional fishermen, but it's beyond their control. There's not anything they can do. The boat is literally sinking, and then Jesus comes on the scene. And look at this. It's in verse 40. I want you to see this. Look what he says. Why are you fearful? Now, I'm not being facetious, but if I'd been there, I'd said, Jesus, won't you look around? I mean, I mean, I, I would defend you, Jesus, but that's really kind of a, I would think that's a silly question. I mean, the boat's full of water. We're getting ready to drown. I guess we can hold hands while we drown. Amen. But I mean, we're going under, Jesus. This storm is not getting better. So I, I mean, why are you fearful? And I, I, when I first read that, I thought, what a silly question. <laughs> then I realized, no, no, I would ask silly questions, but Jesus would never ask a silly question. Because see, why he said, why are you fearful? Because he said in verse 35, we're going to the other side. We're going to the other side. This is what he was saying. You let your problems override my promise. You let your problems override my promise. And you're living life not in light of my promise. You're living life in light of your problems. And the reason why you're having so many struggles is you're living life in light of your problems instead of living life in light of my promise. He said, you're, 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 you're scared to death. He said, what you're scared of, you shouldn't be scared of. And what you should be scared of, apparently you're not. And when I'm talking about fear, scare, I'm talking about a, a divine oneness of his presence. You see, the Bible doesn't say that. Yes, it does in verse 41. And they feared exceedingly. And said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Ladies and gentlemen, we ought to have just a divine awe of who he is and what he's done and what he's able to do and what he's going to do. And we ought to just stand in awe of the greatness of Almighty God. When I was in school, they taught us about a hypostatic union. And what that is, that's the union of human and divine. 
hypostatic union. The union of human and divine. That is to say, a little 15 or 16-year-old girl named Mary. She had union. She had union with the Holy Spirit. And ladies and gentlemen, she had union with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus Christ was conceived. And he was 100% God. And he was 100% man. So the God-man, when he was on that boat, the man, the humanity was asleep. (laughs) But the deity was very much awake. (laughs) The humanity was asleep, but the deity, the divinity was awake. See, see, the humanity said, I thirst, but the divinity walked on the water. <laughs> the, the humanity said, I hunger, but the divinity took five loaves and two fishes and blessed it and multiplied it, and 20,000 people had fish and chips. Amen. Oh, you got to understand something, folks. The humanity went to a cross and died on a cross, but the divinity, the third day, arose triumphant over death, hell, and the grave. He was not only a man, he was the God man. Hebrews 4.15 says, he was touched with the feelings of our, I'm sorry, I'm trying to quit, but he was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. What does that mean? That means he can feel what you feel. The humanity, he's the God man, folks. He's the man, and the man, the humanity feels everything that you feel. Every time you're going through something, every time you're walking through hell, every time you feel like you've been betrayed, every time you feel like you've been hurt, every time you feel like you're at your wit's end, every time that you're at your lowest low, and you're wondering, can anybody feel what I feel? I want to report to you, the humanity, Jesus, the Lamb, of glory he feels what you feel he can be touched with a feeling of our infirmities you say well pastor Benny that's one I'm sorry for getting excited listen listen he can feel it and I know what you're thinking I can feel it also if I've got a brother that's going through a tough time I can feel it perhaps perhaps but let me tell you something he's the God man as far as we can go is feel it But because he's the God-man, he can not only feel it, he can fix it. (laughs) See, see, he can not only feel it, he can fix it. Years ago, I used to, before I'd preach, we had a young lady in the church, and I would get her to sing right before I would preach, and she would sing this song. I can't take a heart that's broken, make it over again, but I know a man who can. I can't take a soul that's sin sick, wash it white as snow, but I know a man who can. Some call him Savior, the Redeemer of all men. I call him Jesus, for he's my dearest friend if you think that no one loves you and your life's out of hand i know a man who can can we praise the lord folks look here (laughs) 
Oh, oh, brother, I can't walk upon the water. I sure can't calm a raging sea, but I know a man who can. I can't cause blinded eyes to open or the lame to walk again, but I know a man who can. Some call him Savior, the Redeemer of all men, but I call him Jesus, for he's my dearest friend. If you think that no one loves you and your life's out of hand, Thank God I know a man who can. Let me give you the last two points and we're out of here. God's word affirms us that the ship's in good hands. God's word affirms us that the ship's in good hands. I've just been on two cruises. I went to a cruise to Mexico, Cozumel, and I did the Greek Isles the journeys of Paul and took people. When I was on that cruise to Mexico, we got in a storm. It was a bad storm. It was a terrible storm. It was bad that night, real bad. And they said that tomorrow night, you're gonna to get to meet the captain. Get to meet the captain. You're gonna have a photo with the captain. And Barbara and I went to have our photo made with the captain and I said, Barbara, I believe the captain's drunk. That might explain the storm last night. <laughs> and I said, Captain, when those waves were beating that boat, I said, I got to be honest with you. I had great concern. He said, I didn't. Because he said, you got to understand. When this boat was built, it was built for that storm. Let me tell you something, folks. We're in the hands of the Savior. He's omniscient. And we're built for the storm because we're in the hands of the Savior. Amen? Let me give you the last point and I'm done. God's Word allows us a glimpse of the Master's plan. God's Word allows us a glimpse of the Master's plan. Now, now get this, folks. You say, Pastor Benny, I'm going through a tough time. What do you think God's trying to do in my life? I'll tell you what he's trying to do. It's in verse 40. How is it that you have no faith? God's building faith in your life. God will grow you more in the difficult times than he ever will in the good times. God will be more real to you in the difficult times. Listen, folks. God will be more real to you in the difficult times than he ever will be in the good times. The Bible's like no other book. You can read it a thousand times and then go back and say, I never saw that. I read it a thousand times, but I never saw this this week. Psalms 4.1. Lord, you en enlarge me when I was in distress. God, you enlarge me when I was in distress. God, you grew me during that time. Friend, that's when God will grow you.
All through these years, I've walked through things. God's grown me more in the difficult times than he ever has in the good times. Barbara and I went through a tough situation years ago and had one of these little cassette players. We just lay together and play an old John Starn song. And just as soon as it finished, I'd rewind it. I'd say, we just go to sleep with it tonight. Just go to sleep. And John said, I've been through enough to know he'll be enough for me. He's come through so many times. And that puts my mind at ease. And I'll stake my very life that he's going to take care of me. Because I've been through enough, ladies and gentlemen, to know he'll be enough for me. And he'll be enough for you. I'd rather be in a storm with Jesus as a calm without him. I've realized that safety's not the absence of storms. <laughs> safety's the presence of the Savior. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.